Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming Streamline Studios. State of the art, dare I say, and I dare say. The following program is produced by Magic Matt Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network and can probably be picked up if you clench your teeth real tight. Uh, hi, True Crime Uncensored. I am the legendary Burl Bear, the man over there. Yeah, that's right. Howard Lapidus, manager of the star, Mark C.G. Boyer, our fact checker. Special guest, uh, tri- triumphant, uh, triangularized uh, co-host is Denise Wallace, the best straight woman since Margaret Dumont. Hey! Triang- triangulation. Don't worry about triangulation. it. Triangulation. Triangulation? Yeah, that's when you use three fingers to strangle somebody. This is a true crime show, after all. In the category of strangest gifts ever received, I think I'm the winner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I give up. What? Part of Ted Bundy's kill kit, gifted me by Kevin Sullivan. It was right there. Hi, Kevin. Hey, hey, Burl. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Oh, we're fine. Denise is here also. It's kind of like a hey, wild Denise. blue press conference. Hi, Kevin. Kevin, Good to hear your Kevin, voice, Denise. It, it, Hi, it, Howard. Hi, everyone. Kevin, it would have been nice if Burl would have told somebody you were going to be here. Oh, I told everybody. You just don't listen. <laughs> well, I, apparently not. <laughs> You're so busy managing stars. What time do you have to? I, I, by the way, manage every jewel thief ever recorded. I know that. We, Punch and I were talking about that last night. <laughs> Howard never knew his destiny would be to manage every jewel thief in the world. <laughs> That's fantastic for me. He's the manager of the rock stars of Stolen Rocks. Correct. King of Smash and Grab. <laughs> Yeah, that's in his private life. <laughs> oh, here we go. Dead on pump. Niece is stunned, amazed, amused, aghast, agog, and thunderstruck. No, she's not. She's, she's, she is one step away from becoming a, a permanent uh, third chair here. Kevin, say something, please. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying the conversation, believe me. Oh, well, uh, I was going to give you this rare revelations. Sounds religious yep. already. Rare revelations of a murderous rampage within yeah. the pages of the Bundy Secrets. Hidden files of America's worst serial killer. Does that mean he wasn't good at it? I'm sorry, does that what? It says America's worst serial killer. Does that mean he wasn't good at it? Unfortunately, he was good at it. That's good, that's good. This book has never before been published, which you can't say about your earlier books. Actually, this book is uh, the final installment, which I didn't know there was going to be an installment. I didn't realize there was going to be a trilogy, but it just turned out that way. And this is the third in what is now a trilogy of books about... Ted Bundy, and thank God it is now over. Oh, you say that, you say that, but if the (laughs) publisher comes back and says, God, this thing sold like hotcakes, can you do number four? You'll be digging up Ted and interrogating him for more stuff. Hey, you know what we could call the fourth one? Again with the Ted Bundy. (laughs) Every time I publish a book about Bundy, people always contact me. I mean, they track me down, they contact me, they got their stories. And if their stories check out and they're valid Bundy contacts, either friends of his or uh, acquaintances or possible victim of his. Then, possible uh, victim? You know, start, He's not going to contact I start, you. I mean, listen, I start building. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, one lady did, and I think she's a pretty good possibility that she might have been a possible victim. Attempted of, victim. Kevin, what gave you yeah. that clue about her? <laughs> uh, well, this particular woman that happens to be in the book, she... Um, this happened about the same time it was up in Pocatello, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And Bundy was a creature of habit. He would often go back to the same places. Sometimes he would gas up even in the same cities when he would go out, like, for instance, to Colorado and hunt. And uh, she talks about a guy who 
pulled her over, uh, got her attention. She was walking home. And it, it wasn't very far from where uh, uh, the little girl, her name was uh, Lynette Culver, would uh, disappear somewhere around this time in, in Pocatello. And she said her father had always taught her when she ran into anybody suspicious to listen carefully to their voice, to listen to and to look at them, to try to remember their face. And so she talked to this guy for a minute, and he said he wanted to interview her, and he had a tape recorder sitting on the uh, thing, so she was talking to him outside of the vehicle. And uh, she looked down, and the recorder wasn't running. Oops. So she, she, she just kind of made a break from that and walked home, and he didn't, tr- he didn't tr- try to follow her. Well, she said when Bundy was arrested, she said, that's the guy. She said, that's the guy, and that's, that's, that's the face I saw, that's, that's the voice I heard. And um, it, it 